0: Welcome back to Foster Care, an unparalleled journey with Jason and Amanda Palmer, where our mission is providing strength to the weakest among us, from both kids in foster care and their biological families. We also talk about topics that affect all children and families. It is our hope that we can inspire you to become the best bio, step, foster, adoptive, or whatever kind of mom or dad that you can be. Part of our mission is inspiring others to become amazing foster families as well, if that is your calling. If it's not your calling, great. Find a thing that sets your soul on fire and go be awesome at that. Let's make our communities great together. Be sure to go by Jason and Palmer and check out the blog post and other podcast episodes. You can search Jason and Amanda Palmer on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere else you get your podcast. If we don't show up, be sure to send me an email and let me know and I will try to get it on there. We'd love to have you leave us some feedback in the form of a rating and review. It really helps the show gain attention. Hello, and welcome back to
1: Foster Care and On Pella Journey with Jason and Amanda.
0: Zoe is 16 years old and in the 10th grade. She entered care for the first time in August of 2019 at age 15. Since then, she's made great strides towards maturity and self-sufficiency while learning what it means to live in a loving family. How are you doing today, Zoe?
2: I'm good. Good. How are you?
0: We're doing wonderful. We're doing wonderful. It's great to have you on here.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: You know, I'm just going to go ahead and say that at 16, I don't think I would have had the emotional intelligence to sit and talk to, you know, too many adults about serious topics, let alone to do that in front of people. So congratulations on being way ahead of where I was.
2: Thank you. It kind of took me a little while, but I'm glad that I got to this point.
1: Thank you for being so courageous. You're welcome.
0: So... I know that we talked to uh, with Luke Zitzman last week and he is your foster dad and he recommended that we talk to you. He says you have a story to tell and we're here to listen. So what story do you need to tell today?
2: Okay. So I'm going to start off on how I came into care and how my life was before I came into care and how my life changed. So before I came into care, I was not taking care of my body. I was not following God. I was running from God. I thought that everyone was out to get me. Um, and I was pretty much acting like an adult at the age of 15. I was living with a 19-year-old boyfriend who was trying to... We were like playing house. We were trying to keep... Uh, house and job and everything and it just didn't work out so we ended up having to go live with his mom because we lost our house and we got on drugs really bad and we were sitting at this gas station we're waiting for his grandmother to bring us some gas money and the gas station people they saw that I was crying and they saw that he was not in the right state of mind. So I'm sure they called the cops. We've been sitting there for over 30 minutes. And when the cops came, I was very scared. I didn't know what, what to do. Um, so they asked me, they were like, Zoe, where's your mother? I was like, she's in Florida. So, They're like, is there any family member that you can call to come get you? And I said, yes, my Aunt Michelle. So I called her and they took me to the police station. And I was thinking my Aunt Michelle was going to come and get me. Well, she didn't end up showing up. So this lady came and picked me up from the police department. And at this point, I was like shaking. I was so nervous. I was scared. I was tired. I didn't know where I was going to go. I kept crying to her and I was like, please don't take me to this place because I don't know where I'm going. And she was just helping me through it all. And she was like, well, we're going to place you. They're really sweet. But she kind of made it sound like the Zitzmans were old people that were strict. So I was very scared (laughs) when I was like coming to this house. And keep in mind, I was like coming down from drugs. So I was seeing all these things and I didn't know what was really going on. So I get to the Zipzman's house and I'm told to sit on the couch and I'm sitting on the couch and I'm looking outside and there's these things that are moving all around. And I'm just so like in awe because I don't know what's going on. Well, so Mandy, my foster mother, she she starts talking to me and she makes me feel very like comforted and she says we're going to go to Target and drop off some groceries to one of my former foster daughters so she asked me if I want to go and I tell her yes so we get like a little bonding time but she tells me she's like you're going to meet a lot of people on this journey and you're probably it's not going to be fun and there's probably not going to be a family that's going to be willing to take a teenager in. And at that point I was very scared. I was like, Oh man, I don't know where I'm going to go. Um, so we drove around target like three times just talking about that. And, um, she really helped me, um, like, understand how the system worked, but in my brain I was thinking every little loophole on how to get out of this thing. I was like, I'm gonna get my mom to sign rights off to this person. I'm gonna do some type of thing where I can get out of foster care. No, that's not how it works. So <laughs> I'm just gonna give a little advice to all the kids in foster care. Do not try to do that. Don't even let that slip into your head because you can't get out of it once you're in it. But so we come home and When I, when we come home, the buds and dad and Sierra, they're all sitting on the couch and they're watching this, this music video. And I remember thinking in my head, man, I wish that I had this growing up as a kid. And I just felt so at home and I felt so loved because later on that night, I had never had this done to me before, but Mandy, she brought me um, a little teddy bear and she came and she sat beside me on the bed and she said, can I pray for you? And I said, yes, she can pray for me. And so she started playing with my hair and caressing my face and praying for me. And then at the end of that, she said, what song do you want to hear? And I was like, I don't know. You can sing me any song. So she sung me a hymn and she sung me to sleep. And I kind of like fell asleep on her. And I just felt so, so loved and so cared for. And I had never felt that before. And at that point, I knew, I was like, I want this woman to be my mother. But Mandy had already warned me. She was like, we don't know if we're going to take you in. So don't get your hopes up. you know. But... It was just so refreshing to feel that mother figure that I had a mother, but she never treated me like that. So it was very, very, like, refreshing to feel that. And I felt so safe and at home. Um, and a way that I have, I guess, changed since I came into care I'm not scared to talk to anybody anymore. I'm not scared of adults. I actually love talking to adults now. I think they're so cool. I love hanging around adults more than teenagers now. Um, and I love to tell them my story because it. I can tell them my story, and them be so amazing. They can reflect it on their lives and use my story as like. Um like to help them see the struggle that they can get through. And I really think that it was God that got me through all of this because if it wasn't for his sovereignty, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Um, I just think it's so amazing how much he showed me that he loves and cares for me to put me in a family that loves me now. That's another way I changed because now I actually just recently finished the Bible. I finished it in 90 days and it's like amazing to me how much I was blinded, how I couldn't see. I was living so sinful before I came here and I could never see myself acting that way again. I just feel if those thoughts come in my mind, I just feel so guilty now. It's just crazy
0: yeah guilt is a powerful thing but you you learn to overcome that one too over time you mentioned that you had gotten into drugs um it sounds like psychedelics or were you did you have a a drug of choice most people do that's why i ask i Um,
1: i have a little bit
0: more experience with with drugs and people who've who've been through uh through addiction than, than i care to to remember at the moment so you know did you have like a specific drug of choice that you were into
2: yes sir um it was ecstasy i was it was like i was very addicted to it i couldn't go a day without having it and if it was in front of me if i didn't have the strength to say no to it if it was in front of me and someone offered it to me now i'm sure i could say no but it would be very hard but It was like crazy how my mind thought that I needed it, that I couldn't go without it. And every time that I would go down off of it, come down off of it, I would feel like I need more. It was just so crazy to think that I needed
0: that. You know, those drugs do interesting things to the brain. Um, one of the podcasts that's just now airing, I think on our, on our channel is a, uh, a woman named Amy who, um, she was addicted to methamphetamines and she told her story to us. Her story was though, that she was addicted and her kids were taken into care. And she, she was one of the few that I've met who, um, if you know anything about meth, she, when the cops, when the cops kicked her door in, she had three ounces in the house. Um, so that's, uh, uh, yeah yeah that's that's a substantial amount um also yeah she she was she was a dealer and she told her whole story and mm-hmm. and came clean about it all but you know the the life change that she's experienced be, when she decided that hey this is time to to make a life change now, and she's mm-hmm. you know she's now clean for two years and you know she's she's gone through the the struggle actually to get her drug counseling degree so that she can help others through that struggle you know that's that was one of the That's interesting cool. things I saw in her life is that she saw where her struggles were, and once she overcame it, one of the things she wants to do is to learn to to help other people overcome that. And I think you have a voice to mm-hmm. uh, to be able to speak to to kids your age because drugs are a big problem. You know, I, I don't know what yes. size town you guys live in, but if I look out my windows, I can see about half the town. <laughs> you know we're yeah. a small town, and we're small town America in the middle of uh, Missouri out here, and drugs are a huge problem out here. Yes, you know, it's this is are. not a big city thing. This is everywhere across all of America. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now uh, around our area, heroin is the big problem. It's cheap, it's readily cool. available, and I cannot mm-hmm. count the number of kids who've come into care because mom's on heroin. And to see that mm-hmm. be such a prevalent thing, I know it's in the schools. I have a a 12 and a 14-year-old in middle school and they have friends who talk about it all the time, you know, who are who are using one one drug or another and it's it's pervasive and you know i think you have a voice where you could you could be heard and and believed and have some real buy-in from kids your own age who understand hey i've been through this like i, I it's all the dark side you know right. you, you've got a got big voice so <clears throat> um have you have you thought about using that voice to talk to any groups of people or or uh or work with anybody on that front
2: Yes, sir. I think that would be really actually fun. I would love to do that. I've thought about it, but um, I don't know how I would do that. But if I had an opportunity, I definitely would.
0: Well, you're well spoken enough. I'm just going to say that um, if you look at TED Talks, are you familiar with TED Talks?
2: I think so. Is that a
0: podcast? Well you'll see them on YouTube. It's it's a huge thing. Ted Talks are huge. They're everywhere. And they have uh youth events as well. I think that might be a place that, that you could really you could really impact a lot of lives because if you go look at the YouTube channel for TED Talks, the number of views mm-hmm. they have, um, they they have podcasts in the millions. So they're there are I guess not podcasts, huh? it's youtube it's <laughs> videos yeah. but but they have views as high uh, up into the millions so so that's maybe a platform for you to look at and i know that they're always looking for youth speakers because they're looking to to change the next generation they they're, they're a, a, a pretty amazing organization so i would really encourage you to look them up um what state are you guys located in now
2: Alabama
0: Alabama i know a guy um i know a guy who actually lives Somewhere probably not too far from you, who works with teens it might, that might mm-hmm. be a connection i'll have to I'll have to talk to him and uh, and talk with you guys and see if I can't make that connection later because that's what he works with. It's an organization called um a life that counts mm-hmm. and uh he he works with kids in schools and and high school i think middle school as well, but high schools. i think primarily trying to teach kids a lot of the lessons that you've had to learn the hard way yes you know those hard lessons that we don't lose them usually we remember them but man they're they're, they're painful <clears throat> so if they we are. if we go back into you know your birth family what was that like before you ended up moving out with uh with your boyfriend
2: well okay so i grew up in a home where my mother was an alcoholic and she was addicted to many drugs. um, um, And she was very lazy and she was with this man and he abused her a lot. And when I grew up and I was able to, um, when I grew up and I was strong enough to take up for her, then that's when he started attacking me because I would get in the middle of it and I would say, Don't hit my mom, like don't do that. I would scream, I would do everything. And then he would start doing it to me. Well then later on he started he started to play mind games with us and he was like brainwashing us and he kind of like has my mom under this little like thing where she only believes him and no one else. So she's Like he turned her against me. So she shortly got she got pregnant when I was maybe five or six years old. And then that's when my life became very, I love my little sister, but my life, it was I was struggling. I didn't get treated nicely at all because she was the blood child. Um, so they cared a lot about her more than me. But as soon as that child was born, um, and my mom brought her home, I took care of her. I raised her for a very long time until, until she was at least five. But I would have to tell her every day, I'm not your mother. I'm your sister and I love you, but don't ever look at me as your mother because we have a mother. It, we grew up. I get, I don't know if I could say it was a good home because it wasn't, but we had food and we had a roof over our head. We had clothes, but the love in that house, there was no love. It was all they, my mom, she only cares about herself. She doesn't care about you and she will use you to get what she wants. And um, I remember she's the she's the reason why I got into drugs, actually, because when I got older and I started going to middle school, she would teach me how to sell drugs. And she actually um, introduced me into meth. And she's the reason why I went down that path. Wow. But I struggled. A lot. I had a very broken home. Um, And my biggest brother, he is 29 now. He refused to live with my stepdad because he changed my stepdad, changed my mom like a lot. And he refused to live with us. So he somewhere and he hasn't had a good life either but my mom she's never really cared about her kids she cares about my little sister but I think she only cares about my little sister because she has to
0: wow that's quite a bit there that's a heavy story you know and unfortunately I, I know that um it's not necessarily a great thing to be able to say but you're not alone, um, you know I wish Amanda was sitting in here right now my she had to step out, but you're telling my wife's story mm-hmm. and I, I just I just want to tell you that there's a path out that there is a road out there is hope after all that you know she's been through a very very close approximation of that story, and she left home at I think she was she was 16 seventeen I think she was seventeen when she left home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very much the same story, and she had a lot of the same struggles. You know, fortunately um, for her, I think she ended up pregnant at a young age, so she ended up not me going too. down the road of drugs. You too?
2: Me too. I got pregnant at the age 15. Oh, wow. Um. Yeah. I actually followed my mom's footsteps, if you want me to be honest with you. Um, I struggled with that. That's the reason why I stopped going to school. I really loved school. I loved going to school. I loved getting engaged, and um, I wanted to show everyone what I could be and what I—I I wanted to show them that I could be something because everyone believes that I can't be anything. They're like, "You're just going to be just like your mom and all that." Well. I went down that path but I'm glad to say that I'm going down a different
0: path now. Wow. <clears throat> you know, and that's that's the choice. That's the beautiful beauty of it all is that you have that choice and it sounds like you're making the choices to live a different life.
2: Yes sir, I am.
0: And the beauty of that is that you know, you can change your life 180 degrees at any point. One of the little things most people don't know. Do you know who Colonel Sanders is?
2: Sir?
0: Do you know who Colonel Sanders is?
2: Um, I don't think so.
0: <laughs> Colonel Sanders is the guy who started Kentucky Fried Chicken.
2: Oh, really? <laughs> yes, I know who that is.
0: Did you know that Colonel Sanders never fried a piece of chicken for money in his life until he was 70 years old? Really? Yeah, he was 70 years when he made that turn.
2: Whoa.
0: And you're... You've got a ways to go before you get to seventy. So the life change you have available to you is um, is pretty stark compared to what he had. And it sounds like you're making the the steps to walk a better direction already. Right. You know, it's those dark places have got to be hard. I mean, it sounds like something I don't know how I would deal with being forty something years old, let alone being you know, at sixteen and fifteen and some of us, you know, all the way back to, to when your sister was born at age five. I mean that's that's a lot of hard things for a young girl to to walk through. Um you know, that that's that's a lot of strength that you've been able to gain through that through that struggle, I would imagine. Yes, sir, it is. And
2: I'm very thankful for it.
0: I'm glad you have that perspective because most of us can get really jaded at the world when when people treat us poorly and, you know, parents don't behave the way that they're supposed to and we end up fighting and struggling through problems and, and then you come out the other side and that gratitude is the piece that makes it worthwhile. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I have a little one here who just is not staying very quiet and so he's sitting here staring forlornly because he got stuck on mom's lap. <laughs>
1: Can you say hi, Frankie? Can you say hi? Can you wave and say hi? No. Oh, will no? yeah, Be quiet.
0: Yeah, he's never <laughs> quiet and never shy until. <laughs> but um, what would you say your your the strengths that you've gained out of this lesson are?
2: Maturity and wisdom.
0: What pieces and... of wisdom?
2: Well, I'm way more wise in, like, um, the gospel. That, that's the reason why I'm so wise. And, I mean, um, another strength that I gained is love. Well, it's not me gaining it. I never felt the real love from my father before. I never felt the right love my father and now i get double the love because i have a good father that's up there that's loving me now and then i have another father and he loves me just as much well not as much but he tries
0: (laughs) well at least he gets credit for trying (laughs) (laughs) that's a dad thing we all have to try but you know we're not quite perfect don't tell my kids i said that though they think i am (laughs)
2: I think I have gained maturity and wisdom and, um, strength, I guess, a lot of it because I've never been, I've never, ever, the day I came into care, I was the saddest person ever. I cried like every three seconds. And now I just, I still cry, but I'm so happy now. I gained a lot of happiness and strength. And I'm just so, thankful for that um i haven't noticed i've noticed that i'm a changed person but my parents have noticed it a lot better than i have noticed it um but i can say that the strengths are wisdom and maturity i was not this mature before i came into care for sure
0: (laughs) and let me ask you this did you think you were
2: Oh yes, sir. I thought I was top notch. I thought I was an adult. I thought I knew everything. I thought that I could rule the world.
0: <laughs> I'll let you in on a little secret. We all thought that at fifteen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that we did.
0: <clears throat> yeah, that's 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 a lot for a fifteen-year-old to be trying to handle. Frankie, quit growling.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. He's he's going to be it's enamored like okay. with the fact that he can see his own face. My little brother growls like that too. <laughs> he he yeah, he's a good kid. Uh, well, you're you're getting to that point in life where you're starting to uh, you're starting to get closer to actually being an adult, and there are the things that we have as adults that that become a driving force in our life the things and the question that i always like to ask is what sets your soul on fire is there something that that you that you are really passionate about
2: yes i like to tell others about jesus i like them to know that there is a god there out there and there's a god that will take you in and love you and change you i also like to help the elderly i really love um hanging out with them because they're so cute and they're so fun it's so fun to listen to their stories there's a um elder right across the street and she's like bedridden and um i go over there sometimes and i talk to her and i listen to her stories i really love that
0: i was gonna ask if that's why you're sitting beside luke my kids tell me i'm old all the time but no that that's actually that's part of what amanda does for a living now um she works with a company called emmaus homes here in our area and emmaus homes takes care of older ladies with disabilities
1: well not just ladies oh Oh, yeah it's true um i i take care of people with special needs their day-to-day care and their health care and and things like that um so i get what you're saying it's really rewarding you know it's it's Mm -hmm. really nice and you know, I've made some really great relationships with the ladies that I work with. So I, I totally understand what you're saying there. It's really neat to sit and talk with people and let them share their stories with you and, you know, play cards and read the newspaper yeah. and paint nails and, and stuff like that. Um, I do have a question for you, though. Um because I think we need more strong young women in the world. We need more young women to stand up for themselves. What would you say to any young woman out there listening to your story? What piece of advice would you give to them if they were stuck in the situations that you were and where you've come from? What would you say to that girl? Be
2: strong and you can do this. I would tell her, don't give up. You just keep pushing. No matter what, I'll tell her to pray. And I would tell her that there is there is someone, there is someone out there that loves you. And he he cares for you and he wants you. And just don't don't give up on that.
1: Yeah you know that's that's really awesome you know you seem to have a really good outlook you know you seem to for lack of other words you you seem like you've found your niche you seem like you've found home for right now and you yes, seem ma'am, to be doing really well you know, and that that smile is awesome. You know, it's kind of contagious. Thank I you. I see you smiling, and and I want to sit over here and smile. It's kind of been a rough day with my kiddos, and so a smile is is what I need. So thank you for um for giving that to me. You're welcome. And since I was kind of in and out, um, I didn't get to hear everything, unfortunately. Um, so I don't know if this has already been asked, but where do you see yourself in five years from now? You know, what's your what's your future goals and plans? That is a good question. <laughs> okay. So
2: I recently just got a lot of my documents. So I'm really excited to be able to get a job now and to be able to get a car because I'm saving up for a car and I'm really, really excited. Um, But I would, in five years, I would see myself, let's see. I graduate. I graduate high school in two years, so I would see myself probably in college working towards the person who I want to be. But I, I don't know really what I want to do yet. I mean, I have a lot of I have, my mind is open to a lot of things right now. But I do see myself probably living with Mandy and Luke because I feel like I'm my strongest when I'm with them because they keep me they're like they help me do the things that are good for me so I feel like if I live with them while I'm going to college I would be a lot more convenient and easier and it would be good for my life so I see myself in college and um, going to church I see myself in like have you heard of, like, campus outreach or, like, those those Bible study groups at college? I see myself being a part of that. Okay.
1: Awesome.
0: Have you ever thought about social work?
2: Social work? Mm, no, I haven't. But <laughs> I think I'm strong enough to do it. But I don't know if my temper is strong enough to handle a kid cussing me out or anything. But I'm just a teenager right now, so maybe when I get older, I'll be able to handle that. But
1: <laughs> that would be kind of hard. Well, and I mean, that's the thing. We're, we're talking about five years from now that, you know, mm-hmm. that five years is a long time away, you know. And in, at the same point, it's it's not that far away. But I would also say, you know, it seems like you're in a really good, stable place right now, you know, and I think that it might be really just important for for you to be a 16-year-old young woman, not be right. that girl out on the streets trying to be the adult, you know, mm-hmm. taking that time to to just be where you're at and, and enjoy that aspect of it. You're right.
0: Yeah, because the story you told earlier, it's very, very similar to somebody I know's story and you know when when she was five her her brother came home and was put into her room and she was she was the mom in the house and you know a big piece of that that you have to look out for is that kids don't mm-hmm. have the opportunity to be a kid and go through the developmental stages that that are necessary in that in that part of life to to grow into full maturity and It sounds to me like at a young age you probably had some the wherewithal to to try and hold on to some of that mm-hmm and as you you know as you get a little bit older and, and you decide what you want to do i think there's a lot of power in being able to to uh step into a place where you can help other people and whether that means being a social worker or not i don't know you know that's, <laughs> i'll be honest with you i've i've looked at the job a little bit and went wow i don't know how people live on this salary it's you know in yeah. our state anyways i don't know what it is there in alabama but our state there is not a lot of money in it for the social workers. You know, anybody who thinks social workers are there just for a paycheck are crazy, because they're just mm-hmm. there for for the love of what they do. And they get paid a couple dollars on the side is about what it boils down to. It's a shame how poorly the state of Missouri treats their social workers. But uh, you know, any anything where you where you can speak to kids, because I think you have a voice. You have a voice, and you have a story, and it's very relatable. You know, most kids who, who come into care struggle with, with people understanding where they've been and understanding their hard, their hard places. And I think you have that, that ability. I hope you guys are enjoying hearing Zoe tell her story. If this is the sort of thing that you're interested in, be sure and go by our website at jasonmpalmer.com and check it out. We have a blog over there, and all of our podcasts are listed there as well. You can contact us if you have a, a story that you would like to tell on our show as well. Go to the contact page and email us from there. Now back into our story. Thank you. Yeah, you, you, have, you have street cred.
1: <laughs> that does make you sound like you're old i know just, right just gonna say
0: <laughs> hey i keep it short because the gray doesn't show is bad
2: um, are <laughs> you that sure? is the crown of wisdom you have to show your grades <laughs>
0: there you go <laughs> well i'm not gonna show them for much longer and that's not my choice either
2: well I understand that. I probably wouldn't want to be showing
0: my grades either. All my hair is getting lost, and it's coming out the bottom side here. So <laughs> that's that's the only place I have left that that I can you know, show off too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, it sounds to me like you've been through your fair share, more than your fair share of trauma in your life. Um, how have you seen that trauma come out in in, in good ways and in bad ways in, in your in your life today?
2: Um. Well, and I had a trauma that made me scared of men, but I'm glad to see that I can, I grew from that trauma. I'm not terrified of men anymore. Um, Another trauma is um, being scared that, being scared of being hit or being. Like, if I hear yelling, if I was to hear dad raise his voice, um, like, in a very scary way, I would probably freak out. But I'm, like, the old me. (laughs) But the new me, now I know that I'm safe and everything. I still do get some anxieties, but I'm working working through that I've had a lot of trauma in my life and I'm just recovering
1: are you in counseling
2: no ma'am but my mom is a very good counselor she she helped she's pretty much my counselor she helps she's very good at that
1: good I'm glad you have someone to speak to speak with you know it's it's really important because I I will tell you um, I'm not 15 years old anymore. I'm 40 years old. And I will say that, you know, there are times when when that trauma raises its ugly head, you know, and, mm-hmm. I, and I find myself back to that place of a scared, a scared young woman, you know. And so yes, to have yeah. someone that you can trust and have a good relationship and talk to, you know, that that's key. You know, that, that's really good. And I'm glad that you have found that because sometimes when you least expect it, you know, something will just be a trigger that you know just sends you to a place from your past. And yes, so ma'am. I, I'm I'm very happy that it seems like you're 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 doing great. You know, it seems like you have a couple of parents that are really invested. You know, and it sounds like you've really latched onto that.
2: Yes, ma'am. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I would say that may be one of the pieces of wisdom that you've obviously gained because. Not most, not many. Sixteen-year-olds see having adults in their life as a uh, as a real benefit. You know, I, I've had several sixteen-year-olds come through my house, <laughs> and, <laughs> and most of my own um, at fifteen or sixteen, even or fourteen or twelve, they they see us as a hindrance to what the good life should be, rather than understanding that that man we're trying to like give you the pieces to to be successful and. And unfortunately, you've been through a healthy amount of trauma, but fortunately, you've come through that with the ability to look at it and go, well, wow, I have this available to me now. And at a young age, Mm -hmm. you're you're starting down a path that most kids don't get to until they're in their 20s. So I've
2: heard that a lot. Uh, I actually had a mentor tell me the other day, I was more mature than her, and I was like,
0: Come
1: on. <laughs> well, no, honey, I a a lot of, a lot of young kids in your position and where you've come from would just be really angry, you know, would yeah, be I so angry was, at the situation.
2: I wasn't angry. I was hurt. I was sad, very sad. Um, but I kind of was used to it. It was like a numb feeling. I was like, Oh, another place. But, I took advantage of that because I knew that these people wanted to love me. I could tell that they were good people. So I didn't stay angry at them.
1: Well, that's awesome, you know, I, I'm I'm really happy that, you know, you, you found a place, you know, you found a place to go and to exist and to build a better life for yourself. That's really awesome, you know, because a lot of times it's really difficult for teens in the foster care system to be placed. You know, a yes, lot ma'am. of kids age out without any help. And I can only imagine how scary that is because I, I was never in foster care. I didn't have a system to age out of. I just went out on my own. So I, I know what it's like to be out there without support. Um, and so I, I'm i thankful that you are there and, and you have some support because it's a real scary place to be. Um, yes, ma'am, it is you know with those supports you know you can do whatever you want you can change the world you're right (laughs) and that i mean honestly that that's what we want to see from all the kids you know no matter the age the kids that you know that come through our home you know as we just we want our kids to be able to change the world so we want to be able to give them that that future and and hand it to them and so i'm i'm glad that you are willing to uh to be receptive of that
2: Well, thank you. I think that's amazing that you guys think that of your kids that they can, that y'all want to give them the opportunity to change the world because they definitely can.
0: Absolutely. How many presidents have we had that came from humble beginnings? (laughs) You know, and we have, we've had several of them, you know, Harry Truman's one who came from this area and um, we actually Harry Truman Boulevard's just, just a few miles down the road here. He, he Whoa, was, from, cool. yeah, he was from our area and, you know, people don't think about it. You know, kids don't think about that. They think about Friday night, you know, <laughs> Friday night. And if they don't, they don't think about Saturday night until it's, until Friday night's over, you know, not, not what is coming down the road in five, 10, 20 years and, and where you'll be. And, you know, it's unfortunate a lot of times that we get to those places of seeing, seeing the future as an opportunity after we've had to experience a lot of difficulty and trauma in our lives but I'm glad to see that you have taken that that difficult place and turned it into an opportunity for your future
2: thank you
0: did you have anything English I work at it sometimes <laughs> <laughs> did you have anything else that you wanted to say
1: um, no sir
0: okay I'm, I'm
1: not used to such politeness I'm sorry it's kind of throwing me for a loop because I just got done <laughs> battling with the 12 year old uh, so yeah it's really throwing me for a loop <laughs> well, would you like me to say something to them for you guys unfortunately she's a little She's a little mad at me at the moment I don't think she'd be um, Be receptive to it at the moment <laughs> <laughs> but no um, in all seriousness sweetheart you know thank you for having the courage to tell your story and for putting yourself out there that is not always an easy thing to do you know to bear your soul to the world especially when it's not always a story that you are proud of you know so so thank you for being so courageous to do that um and i just want to say that we wish you all the love and happiness that this life has to offer you and and then some sweetheart you know you can do anything that you want to do and uh, i think you've got this
0: and look at your story and realize that even the parts that are hard to tell you know the the hard parts aren't necessarily your fault you do have a place Mm -hmm. to be proud in there
2: well i think it's pretty obvious that god brings you through the hard parts to make you stronger and that's what I rely on when I'm like, oh, this is so tough. I'm just like, you know what? God's bringing me through this to make me tougher in the end.
0: All right. Well, I think we're probably at about our time here. And right. I have a four-year-old who cannot sit still over here. <laughs> I don't know how much he's I coming totally through over
2: understand. there. <laughs> oh, Come here, I'll take him.
0: Come here, Frankie. Come here. Right up here. All right, well, hang on. We can, we can do those in a second.
1: Hi, mm-hmm. baby. You want to say hi now?
0: Yeah. You wear mommy's hey. headphones in here. Now you can hear. Say hi.
1: Hi. Hey, little bud. <laughs> Introduce yourself. Tell her what your name is. I don't know.
0: Yeah, you do. What's your name?
1: <laughs> what do you say, Daddy? What's your name? <laughs> Frankie.
0: Yeah, Frankie. So,
2: my name is Zoe. It's nice to meet you.
0: What do I call you?
2: I don't know. Yeah, you do. Uh, Can you please stop? Because I need to talk to them.
1: (laughs) You need to talk to them what are you going to say?
0: What wisdom do you have, Frankie?
2: I wish you guys can come over to our house. Oh, (laughs) that would be cool. cool.
0: But I really do appreciate you guys coming out here and and sharing your story with us today.
2: Yeah, we enjoyed it. Thanks. Thank you
0: thanks to everyone for listening all the way through if you're trying to find us on a specific podcasting platform just search for jason and amanda palmer or foster care and unparalleled journey and be sure to subscribe to the podcast leave us a rating and review on itunes spotify google play stitcher TuneIn, or anywhere where you find your podcast you can also download it so that you can listen wherever you're at even when you aren't online You can find us online at jasonmpalmer.com, where you can read our blog and listen to all of our previous podcasts. If you have a story that you'd like to tell on the show, please send me an email at jasonmpalmer at yahoo.com, and be sure to put podcasts in the subject line. Or send me a message through our Facebook page at Foster Care and Unparalleled Journey. We'll see you next time.